Hello, and welcome to episode 42 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. Before I get to my guest, I just want to say thank you for listening to The Modern Manager. I've gotten some outreach recently, and it is just so wonderful to hear from all of you who are enjoying these episodes and learning from them and applying what you're learning to make your teams and organizations stronger and healthier places where people can thrive. I hope today's episode will be just as powerful as some of the last ones. So today I talk with guest Oscar Trimboli. Oscar is on a quest to create 100 million deep listeners in the world. Every day, he helps organizations understand the implications of not listening to their employees, customers, suppliers, and citizens. Oscar is a speaker and the author of Deep Listening, Impact Beyond Words. He works with organizations all over the world and has experienced firsthand the transformational impact that leaders and organizations can have when they listen beyond words. As you might imagine, Oscar and I talk about deep listening, what it is, how it's different from active listening, and what it looks like in action. Now here's our conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. Oscar, I am so excited that you are joining me today for so many reasons, but I want to just mention something that you said when we were first getting on the call, which was that deep listening is the hack for productivity and effectiveness in the next kind of year slash century. And I think you are so spot on in the idea that we spend so much time talking and learning how to communicate externally, and we don't spend nearly enough time learning and thinking about how do we be receivers of information. You spend 55% of our day listening at a minimum. The more senior you are, the higher that number is. So if you're a leader of leaders, you're going to be spending nearly 75% of your day listening. And if you're an executive leader, you're going to be spending up to 83% of your day listening. Yet none of us have been taught how. Nobody can remember their listening teacher. Nobody knows the simple plus, minus, divide and subtract of listening. So We've spent the 20th century learning how to speak, and look where that's got us. It's got us into meetings that run over time, that create confusion, that aren't clear, and then we come back a week, a month later, and we look at each other and say, wow, we really haven't got as much done as we thought we did, or we did something that we realized wasn't what that person said originally. So listening is the ultimate productivity hack for the 21st century. It's so beautifully said. And the other piece that I thought was really interesting when I was looking at your book and your materials was the idea around distractions. I think that's another place where as a society, we've kind of gotten a little bit wrong. We, we spend so much time thinking about external distractions, email and social media and people walking down the hall and the busy office space. And we almost never talk about internal distractions, which you raise up as a critical component to being able to be a deep listener. So can you talk about that for a second? What these internal distractions, what does that mean? Yeah, when we think about the five levels of listening and most of the active listening literature of the 1980s and 1990s tells you to focus exclusively on the speaker. And although that's interesting. It's not productive because for most people, they aren't even available to listen. 
the first person you need to listen to is yourself and you need to have a mind that's clear of distractions. For most of us, we're walking from one meeting room to another, from one phone call to another, from one client meeting to another, from one supplier meeting to another, and we just have this continuous dialogue going on in our head. And it's happening right now while you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking about my travel arrangements for the weekend, or you're thinking about the dinner arrangements you need to make. And for some of you who are parents, you're thinking about your children and what they might be dealing with today, or you might need to take them to sport on the weekend. And while you're thinking about that, you're not available to listen to Mamie and me. So being clear of distractions, I've, I've researched 1,410 people, and that's a three-year study And the top three things they struggle with when it comes to listening is attention, focus, and distractions. For most of us, those distractions we consider mostly are external. So if you want to listen more deeply, just switch your cell phone into flight mode. Even better, switch it off and put it out of sight. But the most simple thing you can do to improve your listening and remove distractions is breathe a little bit more deeply. There's a piece of research from 1993 that says from the university in Canada, the deeper you breathe, the deeper you listen. And the science is really simple behind that. You're just getting more oxygen to the brain. So if you're struggling with distractions, take a deeper breath, hold it a little bit longer, and then exhale. If you do that five times between meetings, you'll be quite shocked what will happen. I was speaking at an event about a year and a half ago and a lady came up to me at the end of the presentation and Linda said to me, Oscar, I thought that was such a load of rubbish, that stuff about breathing, but I figured I was stuck in this room with you for the next hour, so I may as well play your game. And I was shocked. You were right. As I breathed more deeply, I could hear the air conditioning in the convention centre. I could notice the cell phone from three rows down, vibrating from somebody else. But more importantly, I could hear what you were saying. So the deeper you breathe, the deeper you listen, and it helps to remove distractions in between meetings. I really wish I would have learned that before a meeting I was in last week where I was so distracted by a text that I had received during the break. We, it was a very long meeting, so we had taken a break. And when I came back, I just was so unfocused. and. Actually, I ended up asking a question and I prefaced my question with, I was really trying to process what was being said. So I apologize if this question was already answered. That's how distracted I was. I didn't even know if we'd even talked about what I was asking about yet. And again, I just, I wish I would have had that technique to be able to come in and sit down and say, okay, I have this distraction. I'm just going to acknowledge it, breathe and be ready to re-engage. Yeah. So so the three tips for listening to yourself are really simple. The deeper you breathe, the deeper you listen, switch off your your cell phone. You're not that important, believe me. And the third one is uh, a hydrated brain is a listening brain. So the brain consumes over 25% of the blood sugars in the body when it processes really complex tasks. And one of the most complex tasks the brain processes is the task of listening. And that's not because listening is hard, listening is connected to distraction, but also 
listening is not something you've been taught, so you don't have a framework to do that. So when I say a hydrated brain, I don't mean coffee, I mean drink water. So if you can drink a glass of water in every meeting you're in, you're going to get blood sugar to the brain faster, which will reduce the cognitive load and you'll listen better. So those three tips again, switch off your cell phone, the deeper you breathe, the deeper you listen, and drink a glass of water in every meeting. Such good rules are good tips. So, you know, what are the costs that you see to not being good listeners, right? Since most of us are actually going through our days not being really good deep listeners, what are some of the costs that were the negative experiences that we're maybe aware of, but maybe not aware of? I'll talk about it through three aspects. The first one is one-on-one as a manager. The second is groups. And, and the third is how do you impact your marketplace, whether that's customers or if you're a non-for-profit, the kinds of outcomes you're trying to achieve. For a manager, most people don't leave a company, they leave their manager. And when you lose really great talent, most of the surveys around the world will tell you people leave their manager. But the number one reason they leave their manager is because they don't feel their manager's listening to them. So one of the big costs of not listening is recruitment costs, is losing great talent who go to the competitor or other organizations. But it's also confusion, chaos, and conflict. When you think about listening in groups and you think about project-based work, a lot of project rework, a lot of projects going over budget, a lot of projects that don't deliver the outcomes they need to are all because they're not listening to their stakeholders. I remember uh, facilitating a group of people in a technology company about three years ago here in Australia. And one of the interesting things was that they said they'd come back every month to these work in process meetings on really complex software development, and they were consistently late. They were consistently behind schedule for their customers, and the kind of outcomes they were getting were nowhere near what the marketplace was expecting. And what was happening was the engineering team was coding what they thought they heard. They weren't taking the time to confirm what they'd heard with the people who were providing the input. So they weren't listening really well. In that case, the cost was in the millions of dollars, but the potential or the missed opportunity was massive as well. And then when we think about marketplaces or ecosystems, the cost of not listening, I can guarantee you for every customer you've ever lost, 85% or more of them, if you sit down and understand why they're moving to another organization, not listening, not hearing, not taking action from something they ask you to do will be one of the top three reasons they leave your organization. But not listening just creates a lot more friction in the workplace. Tasks become harder. So rather than it feeling simple, elegant, and fast, it feels like you're walking through a swamp. It takes so much more energy when you're not listening compared to when you are. People think listening takes more time. It does. But in doing that little bit of extra time, it means you're not repeating yourself in future meetings. What you'll find is if you listen more deeply, you'll get half a day back a week because you take the time to listen up front and you don't have to do the rework later. It sounds really similar to when we talk about 
the purpose of planning. Or when you plan up front and you get alignment up front, then you don't have to be course correcting all the time because there was ambiguity or misalignment up front. It's, it sounds like we're doing the exact same thing, but in how we talk and listen to each other. Yeah, listening and planning are, are really, really closely correlated in the organizational impacts. So one term that I will say I am guilty of using a fair amount with teams that I work with is this concept of active listening, that we will put a norm up and then we'll say, we're going to be active listeners or use active listening skills. What is the difference between active listening and deep listening? Yeah, so I think active listeners listen in black and white and deep listeners listen in color. I think active listening is as useful a term as active breathing. You don't actively breathe, but there is a big difference once you've been taught how to breathe properly. For anybody who practices yoga, Pilates, or has exposure to principles of exercise, even opera singers or Olympic athletes, whether they're swimmers or runners, one of the first things they're always taught is how to breathe correctly, how to breathe from their diaphragm, and how to breathe in a way that doesn't seem natural. And the same is true of listening. We talk about this term called active listening, which started in the 1980s, became quite well known in the 1990s. And active listening deals with really two aspects of the five levels of listening. It deals with the content and occasionally it deals with the context. And people who have had exposure to active listening are taught to use verbal confirmation. So what I heard you say, Mamie, was, have I got that right? That's handy, but the most important thing is not what people have said. The fourth level of listening is, is listening to what's unsaid. And I know that sounds like a, a ninja move or a Yoda move. How do you listen to something somebody hasn't said? But if you remember this really simple rule, the rule is the 125-400 rule. We speak at 125 words a minute. I speak a little slower. I'm closer to 100 words a minute. But an agricultural auctioneer that's auctioning off cattle, for example, or a horse race caller may be speaking at up to 200 words a minute. But on average, most people are speaking at about 125 to 150 words a minute. You can listen to up to 400 words a minute. So your brain is wired for distraction. But for the speaker, it's even worse. They can speak at 125 words a minute, but they can think at up to 900 words a minute. So the likelihood the first thing they say is what they're thinking, you've got about an 11% chance that what they're saying is what they're thinking is correct. So I don't know about you, Mamie, but if I went to a doctor and they gave me an 11% chance of surviving surgery, I'd ask for a second opinion. But for most of us, we don't go and explore those other 800 words in the speaker's mind. So a simple question you might ask when somebody's finished speaking is to ask them, I'm curious what else you're thinking about on this topic. What other thoughts have you had on this topic? How long have you been thinking about this topic? And in asking that question, what you'll notice as they continue the dialogue, because they actually haven't finished speaking, by unpacking what's unsaid, they'll start to use code words. The code words will sound something like, well, what I really mean is, 
Or they'll say, what's really important on this topic? Or if I had to boil this down to its essence, or, you know, if I really think about this, what's critical is. Now, I know a lot of you have heard these terms, but often it's towards the end of the meeting and it's way too late to have an impact. So exploring what people haven't said is the difference between an active listener and a deep listener. I'm thinking about the technique that I often use, which is say more about that. When I sometimes feel stuck as a listener and I'm not 100% sure which way to take the conversation as if I'm supposed to be driving it one way. And just that, as you said, that simple act of giving them space and to share what else is going on under the surface is incredibly powerful. And I will say it also works really well in social situations when you're talking with someone and you're like, I don't really know anything to say in this moment. I'll just say, tell me more about that. And it's incredible what people will bring to the surface and start to share and unpack. And if you really build this muscle well, uh, in the West, we don't use the potency and power of silence nearly enough. We can learn so much from the East. High context cultures like Japan, Korea, China are really skillful in the use of silence. Also, very ancient and indigenous cultures, the native Inuit of Canada, the American Indians, the Maori of New Zealand, the Aborigines of Australia, all use silence as a really potent technique to help draw out a lot more. And what I always say to people is treat silence like it's another word. When they're speaking and they stop to draw breath, that's not your commercial break to jump in. That's your moment to give the silence they're creating respect and listen to it fully, listen to it completely and understand that your silence will help them get to a deeper insight themselves as well. So apart from the questions about more, and that's a lovely, elegant question you've got there, Mamie, is be comfortable with pausing and using silence in that moment because it will give them the opportunity to reflect a bit further and go to the back of their mind and go, yeah, what's really important on this topic is. And when you start to hear these code words come up, you know you're going a bit deeper. You're going a bit deeper for them and you're going a bit deeper for the topic. And what that means is when you talk to what's unsaid, particularly in business workplaces, in meetings, you're starting to get to the essence of the issue. It may be about resource conflict. It may be about resource availability. It may be about budgets. It may be about their requirements for the customer. All these things become really powerful tools to make sure we're delivering not on what we think they said, but what they actually asked us to do. So I'm imagining trying to do this in a group context in a meeting where we are generally, as a at least in North American society, pretty bad about listening and pausing and we are quick to interrupt each other. And I'm wondering if there are any techniques or approaches to helping a group kind of try to embody or own these principles to give people their the proper airtime so that we're not interrupting each other and kind of moving past things too quickly. And this is the role of you, the modern manager. 
you role modeling listening in a group situation is absolutely critical. I was working with a group about 18 months ago and it was a high growth organization. They'd been growing at 30% for the last five years, but they'd slowed. And in the last 12 months, they'd only grown at about 10%. So they'd brought me in and I was working with their leadership group. It was 11 people. It was about two thirds male, uh, a third female. And I asked a really simple question. And the question was, if this organization was an animal, what sort of animal would it be? Would it be something above the ground, something that walked on the ground, or would it be something that was in the water or something underground? And as we went around the room, everybody described a soaring bird, an eagle, an osprey. All these birds moved swiftly, all these birds moved elegantly, and, and they could maneuver, and they were all above the ground. And as I went around the room, I noticed that Elaine hadn't spoken. And Elaine was a careful, considerate person. She chose her words very carefully. And the leader of the group went, well, okay, so we're an eagle, Oscar. What, what are we going to do with that? And I said, Tim, that's a great question. But I'd like to notice we haven't heard from everybody in the room so far. Elaine, I can see you've been thinking about this deeply. I invite you to share that with the group. And she paused. And she collected her thoughts, and it was probably about five seconds, and there was an impatience in the room as a result. She said, I'm confused because I thought it was obvious. I thought we're a snake. Now, I'll pause. Amy, what's going through your head right now? If I was to ask you to describe the characteristics of a snake, what would you describe? Oh, probably the pretty typical concepts that snakes are slimy or sneaky, that they are more on the evil side of the spectrum rather than the good side. Mm -hmm. So let's come back into the room in Melbourne. It's quite a tight room. It's one of those rooms that has no windows and uh, no external light was coming in. And the minute she said snake, everybody in the room who'd already spoken stopped, literally stared at Eileen and you could cut the tension in the room with a knife. But again, a skillful listener will use that silence deliberately to hold the space, and I did. And I, and I held it for about 15 seconds. I'm sure everybody felt like it was an eternity. So I said, Elaine, I'm curious to explore more. And she said, to me, it's so obvious. A snake sheds its skin every season. And while we've been growing, We've been shedding our skin every season. We evolve and adapt exactly to what the customer needs. And like a snake, we realize we have to change and shed our skin if we invite a new season. But we've forgotten how to do that. And we've got last season's skin stuck on our scales. And the room breathed out. And there was a knowing in that moment. And everybody just went, yeah, we are a snake. We do shed our skin and we've forgotten how. Now, what would be the cost of not inviting Eileen to offer that suggestion at that point? Uh, a massive missed opportunity. Let me fast forward and tell you what happened. They embraced the snake as a metaphor for the rest of the day. They started using different types of snakes as uh, product code names. They created 
beanie snakes that they put on people's desks and they incorporated this story into their sales presentations about how they shed their skin for their customer. They started to use many more snake metaphors and it made them quite different from their competitors. But more importantly for the leadership team, they started to take the time to draw Eileen's ideas in more frequently and her perspective helped to bring the business back towards the 20 and 30% growth rather than the 10% growth. And that's the highest level of listening. It's listening for meaning. And that's level five listening. But your role as the modern manager in the room is not always to ask everybody for a perspective because that would become quite draining, quite mechanical. But the opposite is true too. If you only hear from the loudest voices in the room, you'll only hear the same opinions. So using this technique, it's a bit like sprinkling salt and pepper on a meal. So it's not the meal itself, but the salt and pepper creates contrast in the conversation and draws out differing perspectives. So if you want to take a challenge as the modern manager today, make sure you're not only listening to who's speaking, but notice who's not and be skillful in drawing them into the conversation much sooner. Where this becomes frustrating is when you ask what's not said at the end of the meeting. So if you visualize a one-hour meeting, which I'm totally against, by the way, there's a brilliant book called The 25-Minute Meeting by Donna McGeorge. I recommend that to all your um, listeners as a way for people to think about time differently in a meeting. But imagine you're in a one-hour meeting and you ask for what's unsaid at the 45-minute mark or at the 50-minute mark. It's way too late for the conversation. You need to draw what's unsaid much earlier in the first third of the conversation. You want to expand and ensure all ideas are embraced right up front at the beginning of the meeting. Otherwise, those people who are very articulate, extroverts, they've run away with their idea. They already think it's implemented, even though you haven't left the meeting, and they're already moving on to the next idea. But those people who think a little bit more deeply, who are thinking about implementation, who are thinking about task and resource and making sure it happens, those people are thinking about, well, that's a good perspective, but have you taken this into account? Have you taken that into account? And their opinions are really valid if all they do is ask the question. So encourage those people. Notice not only what's not being said by who, but pose this question to really explore what's not said. If a customer was to listen to this conversation, what would they think we haven't discussed so far? And that's a really good way to get very internally orientated systems externally orientated. I feel like there's so much more we could explore. And I, I love that story of looking for meaning and, and mo making space and for people who are quieter or who are doing that internal thinking or who've been kind of run past. But we don't have that much more time. So will you tell us about a manager that you had the pleasure of working for and what made him or her that rock star modern manager in your life? Yes. Steve Howcroft is one of the most influential managers I've ever worked with in my life. And what Steve taught me was it's okay to fail. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to admit it as a leader. And in being real, in admitting he didn't know everything, he created so much loyalty within his team. I would walk over broken coals 
for that man. I literally walked up Kilimanjaro with him two decades later in Africa. But he was real. He didn't pretend he had all the answers. He was very gifted. He was very intelligent. His capability around maths and project management was extraordinary. But it was his ability to know when he didn't know the answer and to use the group and his customers to discover the answer together that showed extraordinary humility, but also showed an extraordinary quality as a leader to go and create a coalition that says, by myself, I don't know, but together we know the answer. So what he did was he made it safe for employees to not say, I don't know the answer. He'd obviously want them to think it through, but when they didn't, he didn't want people to waste time trying to solve something by themselves because they couldn't find the answer. So Steve is a brilliant example of somebody who was willing to admit he didn't have all the answers. So working with him was fun. For him, working with us was fun, and it made it easier for him to recruit new people. And customers love working with us as well because they always knew maybe we didn't have the answer as an organization, but together between the customer and us, we could find the solution. Wonderful. Thank you for sharing that. And where can people keep up with you and learn more about deep listening and the work that you do? Well, if you love listening to podcasts, you can just take your phone out now and search for deep listening. And the deep listening podcast series is a series designed to interview experts on listening, whether that's uh, foreign language interpreters or deaf interpreters in personal situations or or high court judges, or air traffic controllers, people who have to listen in a workplace to really complex long-term listening scenarios. Or you can just go to my website, oscartrimboli.com, and you can track down the book, Deep Listening, the playing cards that you can use by yourself with your teams or in training sessions, or the Deep Listening Jigsaw Puzzle as well, which is a really fun game to play when you're trying to create a listening exercise for an off-site or a planning session. Thank you so much, Oscar. I feel like I have learned something today and I love listening to you share all of your wisdom about listening. It's really been an honor. Thanks for listening. Wow, Oscar has so much wisdom and so many insights to share. And if you're excited to learn more about deep listening, Oscar has offered a 10% discount on his book, Deep Listening, Impact Beyond Words, to members of the Modern Manager community. So if you are already a member, make sure you go to Patreon to get the discount code. And if you have not yet joined, now is an awesome time to do so. You can join at patreon.com slash modernmanager. All the links are in the show notes as usual, and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. And you can find that at mamieks.com slash podcast. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. 
you're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team. I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.